Hey, this is Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour, and you are listening to Labrador Leadership with Bob Nolly. Oh, that was cool. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of day it is for you. Welcome to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Alex, good day. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Bob? Okay, it is episode four. We're making some progress here. Well, we're already on number four? Yeah, already number four. Oh, wow. Uh, wait till we get to 100. We'll have to throw something then, some kind of celebration. <laughs> we'll wow. throw a party is what we'll throw. <laughs> so, you know, I had a thought. Uh, I was working with this class I'm teaching this quarter, and I had the opportunity to, in my educational world to talk to groups of students in my class, of course, or, you know, a bunch of students that, you know, were at the campus. And uh, I came up with this thing called uh, the five things that make uh, – students, you know, better, as good as students as they hope they can be and what differentiates them from students that don't do as well as they really want to. And, uh, one item that I noticed was the big rocks. And, you know, I I just wanted to share that with everybody today, because I think that if you, if you can handle the big rocks, you know, a lot of, a lot of nuisance problems in your life, can go away just a little bit, I think. So here's what I tell them. Number one, uh, here are the five things, just so everybody can hear them so they get in line. You know, number one, they have to come to class. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Of course, you've <laughs> got to come to, even in an online class where, you know, it's asynchronous and you could you could get in there, you know, whenever you want. You still have to come in and you have to get the work done. I mean, right. if you don't come to class, my point is, can you make up the work? Yes, sure, you can make the work, but as busy as, you know, the adult student is, do you want to have to do that? No, you don't. You want to try to keep up so you don't have to play catch up at, at any one point. And the other thing is, if you're going to class, you know, physically in brick and mortar in a, in a classroom, you know, once you figure out how to not go to class, it makes not going to class next time a whole lot easier which is kind of counterproductive as well. So I tell them that. I tell them to have a uh, – define who their support group is, you know, whether it's, you know, your professors or people in your school like a counselor, an advisor, or people in your life like uh, your family. You know, if it's your family, you tell your children, look, when I'm in this room working, don't don't come knocking on that door. I mean, I'll be out in an hour, but don't come knocking. You know, if the house is burning down, please come get me, but – don't otherwise. Right. And you tell your friends, you know, when you text me, come on out to the club, we're having a big time and you're trying to work on a paper, just tell them to support you and not to go, oh, you're missing a big event here. So, you know, know who your support group is and to find them and make sure they can help you. Right. And the third thing is to make sure you uh, you get to know your professors. Don't just be, you know, the person that sits in the back of the room or the person in the online class that doesn't do anything because the relationship you start will serve you well is, you know, they can remember you for your contributions and your efforts and the things you've done. And the and the fourth one is, just before the big rocks, is, you know, figure out where you will work. Gosh, right. and even the goal-setting discussion we had in episode two, think about, you know, almost cinematically, 
Think about where you will work. Think about where it is. If it's a spare bedroom in your home or apartment where you could shut the door, think about what that actually feels like, what the light looks like, what the time of day, what the coffee mug or the beverage cup you have looks like, and what does the pen look like in your hand or your fingers on the keyboard. Just think about that and capture that vision. And the sooner you do that, you're better off you know, getting your work done. What time of day is it? Are you work first day in the morning? Are you working late at night? And you know, people with jobs have a tough time carving out, you know, chunks of time to, to do coursework in. But the fifth thing, and now we're getting to the point, the fifth one I tell them is that the education's a big rock. And the whole big rock phenomena, have you heard of Stephen Covey? Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard a little bit about him. Sure, Stephen Covey is a, a great lecturer, and you know he's still with us, and you know he's out, you know, doing shows all over the country. He's responsible for the seven principles and habits of highly effective people and highly effective leaders, and 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 all of that. But his demonstration of the big rocks is just so so motivating. I, I just want to make sure everybody's familiar with it. And it's not that they've heard it. And here's how it works. Uh, he contends that the things in your life that are most important, you have to deal with first. Now, intuitively, that makes sense to all of us. We go, of course. But we don't act that way. <laughs> Sometimes we really don't act that way. Here's here's the example. He will be in a uh, in an auditorium or you know a hotel banquet room with hundreds of people, a couple of hundreds of people in it, and he's up at the top and he has this lady come up to the top to to do this demonstration, and he has uh, a vat there that is about uh, a foot across, maybe more, foot and a half across, and a foot and a half high. It's it's like a planter. If you will, you would plant something in it, but it's clear glass. You could see through it and uh, in it, he has some gravel, but he says that this planter is the metaphor for your life. There are lots of things you have to fit in your life. And as we said on episode zero, you don't have a work life and you don't have a personal life. You've got one life and that's it. That's the metaphor that he uses for that. And on this table strewn, you know, up five feet either on either side of this are rocks of different sizes. And they're all labeled and they're brightly painted so you can see them. The biggest ones are the size of maybe a bowling ball. And that's called your job. And then there's others that are, you know, maybe smaller, as small as a, a, a grapefruit or a cantaloupe. And then there are others that are, uh, you know, your health and your hobbies and your family and, you know, all, all of these things. Maybe, maybe the uh, bowling ball is your family you know, or your, your relationship. And, and then they get much smaller and it's like your hobbies and things you like to do and your friends and, and mowing the lawn. And then they get down about the size of a golf ball, but they're all different sizes. And there are dozens upon dozens of them there. So he has this lady come up and he says... I want you to put all of these things in this or in that's your life. And she starts working at it. And he gives her, I think he tries to time her. He gives her like a minute or two. And it's like some game on the prices, right? You know, she's running up and down trying to get the rocks together. And in the end, she feels, you could feel the embarrassment for her because she's standing there and the rocks are all mounded up at the top. 
you know, they're just this bright color. It's like a, a you know, a, a, a candy vat that can't hold another gumball. It's that right. bright. And they're still, you know, geez, a half dozen rocks off to the side that can't fit in. And she tries to balance them in there and it doesn't happen. And she's a little bit embarrassed and he turns and he plays to the crowd and, you know, he just kind of pouts and shakes his head. And, but the point he makes is, is your life like this? Is the frustration that you bring in your life cause you problems with being able to take care of all the things that are important to you? So he goes, empty the, empty the vat. So he empties it again and lines them all up. And then he just looks at her and says, put the big rocks in first. So she lifts that one that's as big as a bowling ball or a duck pin ball and puts that in. And she now can intuitively kind of sort them by size, ignoring the label, and puts the big ones in first. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, when she gets wrapped up, all of the brightly colored rocks that he has spread it all over are in the vat. She has mm-hmm. fitted all in. And it's not mounded at the top. The gumballs are not all mounted at the top. It's flush with the top. You could put a lid on it. And the, and the crowd goes wild and applauds for her. And everybody nods. Yes, I see the light. Yes, I get the lesson. <laughs> so you can see that's pretty compelling, all these people that have, have done that. But it's not over yet. Because he he turns and he goes, is it full? And they go, yes, it's full. She's done it. She's fit everything that's important in, into her life. And he goes, no, it's not. Because he reaches down behind the table and he pulls up like a milk jug of sand. And he pours the whole gallon of sand into the vat. And everybody starts to go wild. The applause while he's pouring, the applause starts to build. And people are going nuts saying, yes, if I put the big rocks in first, I could put even more things that I don't realize that are coming, you know, coming at me in my life. I could fit even them in. And, and that's the lesson. And then he smooths off the top. Yeah. Just prioritizing those, you know, those tasks into what's more important and then taking the the smaller tasks and kind of filling that negative space. Yeah. Your big tasks kind of create, you know? Sure. And just so we don't deny our listeners, it's still not over. (laughs) Because then he goes, he's done, he's, he's kind of beaming and now he's, he's embraced the lady that's come up and has done this and she's proud and she's helping them. And, you know, and then he goes, is it full of everybody chance? Yes, it's full. And once again, he leans down below the table and pulls up a gallon jug of water <laughs> and he pours the water in. And of course, all the water goes in and it comes right to the top and it's, and then it is indeed full. So, uh, all these people that paid hundreds of dollars to see Dr. Covey do this, you know, walk away with a lesson. So, you know, what is that lesson? Well, in terms of the rocks, it's put the bigger rocks in your life first. And just to jump back down to the student's role, my message to them was your education is a big rock. You know, it's, it's a big rock, like your job, like your health, like your family. Right. It's not a small rock like a TV show. Oh, I think I'll watch American Idol tonight. I think I'll take a class. You know, it's it's much bigger than that. Right. And if it's not your your goals, you hold your goals, your educational goals are not in order. Mm-hmm. So 
when we live our lives, we need to remember the lesson with rocks, I think. The big things have to go first. They have to go first. We don't have to spend all our time on it, but they do have to go first. So what what class do you you teach? Uh, I've taught a lot of finance, and I've taught a lot of org behavior. All right. Which so what are you teaching right now? All these things. I'm teaching organization behavior right now. Oh, and, nice. uh, but you know, these, I, I delivered this message when I was talking to new students and I really like working with adult students because they're different than students that have just come out of high school that, you know, are just continuing on the path and, you know, have, have gotten into a situation where they're able to go to, to college, you know, the, the adult learners that I've been with are folks that may be the first people in their family to go to college or they've, they've never had the opportunity, but now they've gotten themselves in a position to have the opportunity. They feel that maybe they can't get any further in their careers without a little bit more education. So they're, they're motivated there for the most part, but they just need help. There's a lot of fear as to whether uh, they can get it done or not. And they just need some support. So when I, you know, when I talk to them like this, I said, make sure you think about doing the work like this. And, and that's how I've been able to deliver that message. So for us, though, for everyone, you, the trick, I think, is to identify those rocks, to, to label them and realize that you're, uh, you're watching your favorite TV show is the size of a golf ball and not the size of a grapefruit. Right. May even be smaller than a golf ball. Yeah, it should be smaller than a golf ball. I think. You know, that is that is the thing. I I have I've had to become acclimated to the way we consume things like TV now. Because you know, I I will go old school on you here for a moment. You know, when the in the days of uh, the TV being a a center of family life, if you will, and everybody sat down to watch something that everybody liked. Yeah. You know, because it was on and there were, you know, maybe three networks, you know, Fox wasn't even there yet. And that was it. And they all competed against one another. You know, it's like, it's the, it's the vibe of the, uh, the culture that shows like, you know, Mad Men. Yeah. The American dream. Yeah. That's it. So now we have hundreds and hundreds of channels that we don't even have to be there to watch it because we have devices that will tape them for us and we can watch it when we want so that that kind of makes it easier now because then what size is that tv show well it should be small right now binge watching let me there was no binge watching in the 60s so you know there was uh, no hulu or Netflix. yeah there's nothing like that so netflix drops the next season of orange is the new black and then people like lost for the weekend see you next week yeah i got it done i got it done i'm so proud i got it (laughs) so just how big a rock did you make that (laughs) and uh if you, if you just, I'm not saying that's an exercise you go through every day, but I, and you don't have to do it physically. You don't, have, don't go out and buy, you know, don't go out and, you know, rake the river bottom for the rocks of different sizes yeah. and, and go and buy the paint. Just, just think about what is the most important thing. And it, it's important that you realize it's not a, it's not a point that where you'll have to deny something, which, right. you know, could put you in a funk and, difficult for you to come back from but it's just recognizing what's most important make sure that gets addressed first i love it because it's it's such a simple model that you can actually 
you know, you could make that an exercise in a, in an elementary school class or even like a, a leadership program within an elementary school. And had I been, you know, taught anything close to that when I was very young, I'd probably be a lot uh, better at prioritizing. Well, let's go back to our goal discussion now. So you've learned it now where you are in your life. It, you know, do not take on the fact that it's too late. Now you've got it. Right. Now you got it. Of course, now I've probably ticked off all your friends and all my colleagues as well. So. Oh, no. It's okay. <laughs> I had some wonderful, wonderful teachers and professors and, and had some really top-notch schooling. Um, went to some really amazing schools, had some amazing mentors throughout the way. So I really can't complain. But I'm just saying that it's so accessible. You know, you could give it to a 10-year-old or you could give it to a 60-year-old. And it's the same message, whether it's gumballs and candy and Sprite or it's actual rocks from old rag. Yeah, <laughs> from old rag. <laughs> We're going to be hearing a lot about that. Old rags are new best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I half expect the National Park Service to start, you know, maybe they'll start advertising. I might know a guy, you know. <laughs> we know people. Uh, the, uh, the other point I, I want to make here is uh, there have been times in leadership development programs and work that I've done with teams that there's an exercise I'd want folks to consider as well because we just talked about, you know, I talked about, you know, what the rocks looked like, what TV watching looked like when I was a child and compared to what it could be now. And I think it's important if you're going to work together in a team or need to get to know somebody you're going to work with, the exercise I always call is, you know, I call it go take a walk. In fact, when I have taught graduate students before on the ground, I will, and they, there's a team project they have to do. I'll divide them into their teams that first night, and then I'll just send them out and go take a walk. Go tell each other your story. <laughs> that's not a story. That's your story. And, you know, you and I both, you know, shared pieces of our stories, you know, on this program so far. But we each have a story, and it's included in that is is your history. I was born here and moved here and worked here and did this. But the bigger pieces, the bigger rocks, are that come out of you telling that is how you're wired, not not your ethics so much as you know what's important to you, right? And uh, I think one question I encouraged them to answer for each other was, uh, "What is the one thing that people would say about you?" If we asked other people that have known and worked with you and for you and known you, what would they say about you? Oh, that's a tough one. And when you hear that. When you have to say that to them, you know, when you hear that about others, that all of a sudden you have an opportunity to understand exactly what their motivations are and what makes them tick. And you don't have to like them, right. but you do have to be able to function with them. Yeah, even even hearing people's, um, you know, their their dreams. You know, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were six, you know, even hearing things like that, you know, you can tell so much about a person, even from their old, earliest goals and agendas. And it's, I think that's really funny when I have a, when I sit down with someone and I say, Oh, you know, what did you want to be when you were little? I wanted to be a veterinarian, but I am, you know, very queasy around um, blood and guts and can't even watch walking dead while I eat dinner. So, you know, it, it was just things that weren't a, a physical possibility, you know, and you, you, then you, kind of redirect and go on your own path. 
But yeah, no, I think that just knowing that that one, your one true goal or what you really want out of your life, if you can even put a finger on it, it's very important and it'll tell you a lot about someone. Absolutely. I, uh, I think that that whole take a walk exercise of telling everyone the story can go a long way to, in the work environment, uh, improve the efficiency of the team, learning what the motivation is and just understanding one another. It, it, at one point during one of these events, uh, I was asked, uh, tell us what you're a stand for in your life. What are you a stand for? S T A N D. And, uh, and people were saying, I'm a stand for growth. And I just went, I'm a stand for kindness. And the director who was running the program said, oh, that's not, excuse me, you can't be a stand for kindness. And I just (laughs) went bats on him. I went, yes, I do, because I think we see enough behavior in the world where people are treated poorly for, you know, insufficient reasons. And I think there's a need for us to exhibit more, more kindness. And then he went, okay, next. But (laughs) even after I said that, I did kind of go back and reflect on whether, whether it was a inadequate answer or not mm-hmm. but you know I'm, I'm still there and if you ask me that question here in 2015 that's still what i'm a stand for you and i think that's part there. of why i uh, i started doing this because i want i think it's important for us to keep the leadership conversation going and and help everybody that's struggling one way or another right and i do i do find that you know with within the the realms of realm rather of you know, these kind of top dogs, especially in this field, when, when we're talking about consulting and leadership and, and kind of guiding other leaders, you know, being that mentor, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's incredibly important that, you know, they have that discussion, you know, what, what is most important to you? Um, but yeah, no kindness. It makes so much sense to me knowing you for you to say kindness, but I would have never gone there, but you actually do it. You have a nice approachable, aspect to you that really you know you can kind of drive that kindness home within leadership within the workplace within you know um team team building you know i even well thank you that's very gracious i uh (laughs) i when you when you need to get a task done to be a decent leader you need to be approachable so that people will come to you with problems come to you with suggestions uh, and, and improve the process overall and improve the customer experience, improve the growth of the firm. But if you are not approachable, you'll never going to hear it. Yeah. That they'll, they'll, they'll sit there and go, what do you want me to do next? You're the boss. And that, that's not what you want to have happen. Yeah, no, that's it. And you know, I'm always, um, everywhere that I work, I, I turn it into my own small mini family or very large family. You know, if I'm working for a a larger company at the time. Um, But I I do think that that, that kind of, you know, personal connection with others. And of course I spent years studying communications. So interpersonal communication is, is a huge thing for me. You know, I want teamwork to, to move really smoothly. So I, you know, I, I just kind of think it's, it's astounding to go that route um, to say, you know, I, I, my stand would be, you know, kindness. I, I do think, I'm sure it took a lot of, a lot of guts to say that, you know, in a crowded room where all these people are kind of going in this very, um, 
you know, straightforward success driven route. So, you know, I, you know, you got to respect that, especially when it comes to, um, you know, guiding others and, and helping others kind of achieve their, their goal of leadership or teamwork, um, or even success. Well said. And that's what we're here for. Okay, folks, you've listened to episode number four of Labrador Leadership Podcast. Alex, thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to All About the Rocks. Well, and thank you for, for having me. I love, I love talking about the rocks. They got me. I was very excited. <laughs> Excellent. We'll come up with something very exciting, too. See you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Final thought for the day. Make sure you remember what the big rocks are in your life so you load them in first. See you next time, everybody.